It's Fox Top 5, the podcast where the hosts always agree to disagree. This week on Fox Top 5, Guy Benson. And the gift that I got was Battlestar Galactica, and I was like, oh my God. And Jessica Tarlow. Don't make me filibuster this conversation, Guy. Come together to share their top five favorite fictional politicians. Here are this week's hosts, Guy and Jessica. Welcome to Fox Top 5. I'm Guy Benson, host of The Guy Benson Show on Fox News Radio. Today, I'm joined by my friend, Jessica Tarloff, VP of Bustle Digital Group and a Fox News contributor. Jesse, hello. Hey, Guy. How are you? I'm doing very well. Are you excited for this one? I Actually, I'm really excited. I mean, any break from talking about politics, I welcome at the particular moment, but this also just seems really fun. So yes, I'm excited. All right, so we'll explain. Every week on this podcast, Fox hosts, reporters, personalities come together and share their top five of any given topic. And as you know, we're well-versed in real-world politics, but what about the leaders we've grown to love that only exist in TV and movies? Jessica and I are here today to escape from the doom and gloom of real politics to talk about our top five fictional politicians. Number five. So Jesse, let's kick it off with you. Who's your number five? Okay, so I want to preface all of this that it was really hard and I have, if I was allowed, I would have honorable mentions for every slot. Um, But I felt a lot of pressure to not just make everything current or things that we've watched kind of in the last, you know, five to 10 years. So my number five was Jimmy Stewart as Jefferson Smith in Mr. Smith Goes to Washington. Okay, and that was actually close to making my list as well. Oh, really? Awesome. And it's sort of an interesting tie-in with the filibuster and all of that right now (laughs) in real life, but that's a good throwback. It's a little sentimental and a little unrealistic in some ways, but it is sort of uplifting and it's America and one man can make a difference, which is something that Jimmy Stewart's known for in in other movies as well, right? It's a Wonderful Life comes to mind. Totally. Um, And I think it's, uh, you know, it has almost deep qualities. I mean, the 1939 version of it, but just kind of how ridiculous Washington is. Um, The idea that you, you know, someone random who's just the leader of the Boy Rangers can get appointed to be, you know, the junior senator from their state, how ruthless uh, politicians can be, like the senior senator, uh, I think his name was Joseph Payne. But, uh, you know, that reminded me a little Mitch McConnell. Um, anyway, I just felt like it was, you know, fun to do a throwback, obviously, great acting on Jimmy Stewart's part. Um, and, you know, idealism was the current through all of it, which I think we need a bit more of in our in our current political lives. So that's why I picked uh, Mr. Smith goes to Washington as my number five. Yeah, I just I feel like the only difference is McConnell would have been on the right side of the issue. Because <laughs> oh, do you? Yeah. So uh, my number five is Senator State Senator Clay Davis of Maryland, a character He's in on the my world. list too. Oh, we're going to have crossovers. We're absolutely going to have crossovers. I have no doubt about it. But Clay Davis <laughs> is my number five. The Wire is probably my favorite. Uh, drama, TV drama of all time. It's spectacularly good. Uh, he's this sort of foul mouth. He has one word in particular that he uses that I can't use here, but he uses it frequently. He says it in a very humorous way. Um, he's incredibly corrupt as like a Baltimore politician. And he's on my list because he adds 
entertainment value to that show. There's a little bit of humor to it, and it's also very convincingly real. <laughs> totally. Um, yeah, so he's on my list, uh, and we can talk about it more, I guess, when we get to there. Um, but this was definitely one that I thought had to be there. And, you know, when people think of The Wire, I'm, I, you know, immediately, or at least I think immediately you might think of McNulty, you might be thinking about Stringer Bell or Omar, and uh, Clay Davis was just one of the more colorful characters. And I feel like how state politics in Maryland actually works, um, since there was so much research that went into making that show, which if any of our listeners have not watched The Wire, Awesome. Listen to the end of the podcast, but then immediately start watching. Yeah. So, and because the mayor, the Baltimore mayor who gets elected in that show too, is it Carsetti? That's also an interesting yeah. character, but I'd say less entertaining than Clay Davis. Uh, 100%. So, number four. Number four. Okay. My number four was Kevin Klein in Dave, which is one of my favorite. I'm air quoting political movies, um, but the premise, if people haven't watched it, is that the actual president of the United States of America has a heart attack and, and is put in, <laughs> not an Austin Powers level kind of cryogenic chamber, but they basically don't want to tell the public that the president isn't around. So they find a doppelganger and Kevin Klein looks exactly like the president. Um, and he lives his life and builds this incredible relationship with the president who has had this heart attack's wife, who's played by Sigourney Weaver, who's one of my favorites um, in general. And it's just, it's about what you can actually get done if you think like a regular person and what actual Americans prioritize. And it's funny and it's heartwarming and there's a villain, uh, which is great too. And it's like a little guy's being triumphant story. And so uh, Dave was on my list at number four. I have not seen Dave since <gasps> middle school. Oh. No, okay. I saw it. It's been a long time, um, but I do remember it. I remember watching it in the basement with my family. And so it's like the president is incapacitated, so they find a lookalike. Exactly. Yep. You think that they are in the process of finding a Joe Biden lookalike. If you think Kamala Harris looks like Joe Biden, then maybe. No, I don't think that. And we're not talking about politics right now, though I know I went there with McConnell. You went there with Cocaine Mitch. So I we're did, gonna... I did, yes. Uh, okay. No, there is no lookalike, and President Biden is doing a great job. Now, what was your number four? Uh-huh. Uh, my number four is President Dwayne Camacho from Idiocracy. Oh, okay. I have not seen Idiocracy. Oh, you, you have to see Idiocracy because it's actually somewhat disturbing because I feel sometimes like we are sliding in that direction. <laughs> and there are moments in our politics where I'm like, this is real life idiocracy. And of course it's way over the top in the movie and they take some shots at Fox News in the movie and that sort of thing. But it it goes to a very dumbed down uh, American political system where mm -hmm. facts are basically irrelevant and it's just idiotic tribes constantly and you end up with President Camacho, and you need to watch that movie. It's okay. it's newly re-relevant, I would say. Not, you know, it's, I'm not one of these, you know, sky is falling people, but watch it and see how you feel afterwards. Okay. Number three. Number three. Okay, so this is where I had Clay Davis. So I'm going to make up the rules that I can put in my honorable mention, perhaps, just <laughs> since we went over Clay Davis, and we don't mm. have to follow... Is Democrats do like just making up rules on the fly. Go ahead. 
Don't make me filibuster this conversation, guy. Um, I wanted to get in Mayor Quimby from The Simpsons. Ah, uh, good one. Um, who's uh, loosely based on Senator Ted Kennedy, which just makes it even better. Um, yeah, voice. A total, you know, staple, obviously, of childhood. Often, you know, I mean, they're still making new episodes, uh, but every stereotype about kind of the leering, drunk, womanizing, you know, politician, no morals, uh, just absolutely perfect. So Mayor Quimby at my number three. My number three is President David Palmer from 24. Ooh, okay. So he's got that amazing, amazing voice. Mm-hmm. Um, he's just sort of like, because there are some very bad, Let's. I don't want to give any spoilers in case anyone wants to get the box set of DVDs of 24. <laughs> um, there are some very bad presidents over the course of that show. David Palmer is one of the really good ones, probably the quintessential good, well-meaning, moral, grounded, centered politicians on the show, played by Dennis Haysbert, uh, that awesome, deep voice. He's also the voiceover guy, or was, for what one of the auto insurance companies, I think. Uh, Allstate, you're in good hands with Allstate with that voice. Um, <laughs> yeah. And he's just, he's great. Um, and 24 was all the rage when I was in college, and so it also <laughs> gives some flashbacks to that. People would gather in a common room in my dorm and watch. Uh, I actually didn't watch it at the time, but I remember hearing people yelling and screaming when big reveals would happen. Um, and just a ridiculous but fun, high-paced show sort of in the post 9-11 era where you know terrorism and counterterrorism was was very much top was very much front of mind i should say top of mind and 24 i think is sort of like a big cultural touchstone entertainment wise from that era awesome yeah i think i think that's a very good addition to the list Kiefer sutherland incidentally uh lives nearby me just that's oh. my that's my 24 uh moment to share and is it broad, uh, the thing is it's broadcast television so they can't curse <laughs> they're like dealing with like you know the clock is ticking down to nuclear attacks on america and all they can say is damn it <laughs> this is so awful damn it uh, chloe i don't know why i had a little bit of a british accent there um anyway that is definitely a good one the countdown continues after this Hi, everybody. It's Brian Kilmeade. I want you to join me weekdays at 9 a.m. East as we break down the biggest stories of the day with some of the biggest newsmakers and, of course, what you think. Listen live or get the podcast now at briankilmeadeshow.com. Number two. Number two. Number two. Uh, so we have talked about this before on your program, your radio show, uh, which is wonderful. And you haven't seen it, um, but I want to talk about it again. So Kelsey Grammer playing the mayor of Chicago in Boss. And similar to the analysis that we're giving about Clay Davis um, in Baltimore, like this is all just about the kind of ugly underbelly of Chicago, how corrupt the alderman system is. Uh, Kelsey Grammer just absolutely nails it um he's tough and mean and corrupt does he kind of play um, like is it is it mayor daly basically like a basically. mayor daly yeah more or less um and they have you know laced in there a big plot line uh with like a drug addicted daughter um it's really interesting and i actually felt like Lori lightfoot 
played off, I mean, not only daily, but like some of the themes even from the show in her campaigning about like what she was going to tear apart about the usual system in Chicago. So I feel like it has a lot of relevancy. An interesting side note to that. So Kelsey Grammer, who, you know, critically acclaimed for it and didn't end up winning awards for it, though, was nominated, claimed and he said that it was because he was a conservative that he never won awards for his oh. portrayal as the mayor of Chicago and boss. So I think that's possible. Okay, so here's the thing. Here's my concern. I fear that my number two is your is number my one. My number one? Yeah. So what I might do is flip <laughs> them. Okay. Just, I might just flip them just and then I'll look like an idiot if we don't have the same number one because we have not coordinated on this. But I will I will flip-flop them. So my number two is President Laura Roslin from Battlestar Galactica. Okay, that definitely was not on my list. So. Yeah, I, I figured it might not be. And Battlestar Galactica is not the type of show that I would typically gravitate toward. Uh, however, years ago, when I first started dating an ex, we made a plan, which was a television show swap. Mm-hmm. I would pick a show and he would pick a show, and then we would watch both of them together of stuff that we really liked and the other one had. Oh, nice. So I picked Arrested Development, which is maybe the funniest show of all time. In my book, it is. And it's especially sad this week for me to talk about because Jessica Walter, who played Lucille Blue, passed away uh, as we are recording this. She was my favorite character on my favorite TV comedy, uh, just probably edging out Seinfeld by a nose. And mm. I, I am a huge fan of hers. Lucille Bluth, just there's a montage on YouTube of maybe 11 minutes of some of her greatest lines. And I watched it again, and it's amazing. She also played the voice of Mallory Archer on the show Archer, uh, which is oh. also hilarious. And she kind of plays Lucille Bluth again. <laughs> it's like the same type of character. Well, and if it ain't broke. So that was my that was my show. And I'm like, oh, I'm going to give you the gift of Arrested Development. And the gift that I got was Battlestar Galactica. And I was like, oh, my God. Like, I have no desire to watch this, like, nerd sci-fi show. I don't like sci-fi. And I have to say, it was so good. Yeah. Um, it was a political show. It's fundamentally about war and politics. And it has trappings of sci-fi stuff but it's about war and politics. It is so good. Uh, President Laura Roslin is sort of thrust into power in this catastrophe that she's a part of because everyone else is is dead and it's the whole thing. And she ends up being kind of someone who is unprepared for the job but grows into it and is a really sort of morally centered person, even though some of her policies I didn't agree with. Uh, but she's one of, I would say, the heroes or heroines of the show. I ended up binge watching almost all of it. Um, Well, I did. I watched all of it, but like in a very short span of time. This is the remake BSG series, and I may or may not have teared up at the series finale. Oh. Have you seen the show? No. Like, honestly, it would have, I would have never, ever, ever in a thousand years have picked it to watch ever. I would have skipped over it 100 out of 100 times if it were on a list. I was forced to watch it, and it was awesome. All right. Well, I have a couple things now for my list. Number. 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 Number one. Five, four, three. Number one. And now number one. Okay, so... 
I think that there are three options. That <laughs> we, should say it, we should say it at the same time and then see if it's the same. Well, but are we saying the name of the movie or the show? Or are we saying the character? Because what are the rules? Oh boy. I think we should say the first and last name of the character counting down from three. Okay, so three, two, one, and then Alina Meyer. Oh. Oh, no, mine isn't that. But that no. was one of the options. Mine is Andrew Shepard from the American President. Oh, which I have not seen. Oh, guy, get off this call right now and go and watch it. I'm also proud of us that we didn't have West Wing in this uh, list. So that was the third option I thought could have been the number one, but it was one of those things like how I went, you know, Mr. Smith goes to Washington. I just felt like that was going to be on everybody's list and Frank Underwood. Yeah. And I, and he's a terrible, terrible person, Frank Underwood, right? So he's not my favorite by any stretch. So I'm surprised I could have, I would have bet $5 you were going to go with Veep. Uh, So I love Veep, um, but... I love Andrew Shepard more just because I want him to be my president. I want him to be my husband. I want, you know, if I woke up as Sidney Ellen Wade, I would just be excited. And also I'd be in that and I'd be married to Warren Beatty. Like all the things are happening for me um, in that movie. But I do love Selena Meyer and I knew that it would show up on your list in some place. So I felt like it's good that we, you know, we have such range. And I, and we also just totally botched the reveal because I thought we were doing it. Oh no, it's my fault, 100%. I'm a fan of Julie Louis-Dreyfus. I loved Elaine in Seinfeld. She was my commencement speaker at Northwestern as a Northwestern alum, and she was very funny. And what I like about Veep is, and by the way, like honorable mention within the show, it's to that congressman, maybe from Ohio, who's like incredibly abusive to his staff. Yeah. Um, What I like about the show is it, unlike the West Wing, it doesn't glamorize politics where everyone's just, you know, in it for good reasons, which is not true. It also, unlike House of Cards, where everyone is basically evil and conniving and Machiavellian, which also isn't true of politics to a large extent, it it highlights the absurdity, the ineptitude, the pettiness, the cluelessness, uh, the vanity that I think is much closer to hitting the actual vibe of -hmm. this town than some of the other prominent shows and she just, Selena Meyer leans into it. I like some of her stupid slogans like Man Up and New Selena Now. And, and there's just wonderful, absurd characters on that show. And, and she's the anchor. She's the centerpiece. A hundred percent. And I'm a huge fan of The Thick of It, which is the British show that it's based on. Um, so everyone should watch that as well. Other great political comedy from the UK is Yes Minister, which has just some of like never going to laugh that hard moments. Um, Totally with you on Selena Meyer. Um, I just, The American President is one of those movies when it's on, I always stop to watch it. Um, Michael Douglas was just a wonderful portrayal of a a human president. Um, You know, he's lost his wife. He's the first single president that we've had in the White House. Um, has a daughter that he's raising on his own and balancing his agenda and his love life. And um, there's also, as someone who works in polling, there's a lot around, like, but the numbers say, and he's just not having it, Um, which is 
fantastic. And it's also the beginning of the conversation about how important climate issues is. So it has some real policy implications. Um, anyway, so that was my number one. But uh, Veep was going to be on my list. I mean, yeah. West Wing was obviously a really big one. And then I feel a little bit of shame that I didn't have a female character. So I had two. I had two for the record. Yeah, no, I, you're you are the better feminist on this podcast for <laughs> sure. Um, but I would go. I did. In, enjoy- fact, in fact, I'm looking since if we're doing identity politics, I did not have a single cisgendered white male on my entire list. Oh, really putting me to shame. I, I yeah. guess I'm a Republican Do now. Better. <laughs> Do better, Jessica. I also want to say, by the way, uh, just as a proud Wildcat, both of our number one fictional politicians portrayed by Northwestern alums. Oh, well, look at that. Indeed, go cats. All right, send us home, Jesse. Thank you to everyone for listening. Please subscribe, rate, and review this podcast on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or at foxnewspodcast.com. Let us know your top fives. You've been listening to the Fox Top Five on the Fox News Podcast Network. Thank you. I'm Charles Payne. Listen to my Unstoppable Prosperity podcast so I can get you making money right now. Whether stocks are hitting new all-time highs or in free-fall mode, opportunities abound. So why are so many potential investors still sitting on the sidelines? In a new season of my podcast, I'm going to get you in the game. After 38 years on Wall Street, I'm ready to impart some lessons and get you invested in the greatest wealth-generating machine in history. Listen anytime, everywhere at foxbusinesspodcast.com or wherever you listen to your favorite podcast.